hands and give Jesus praise as Brother Knight comes and preaches the word to us. We love you. Glad you're here. Amen. Amen. Isn't God good? Yes, and I'm so thankful for a faithful God, for a loving God, for uh, does anybody know you don't deserve the grace, the gifts that God has given us, but yet he continually gives to us, and I'm so thankful. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn to the book of Joshua, chapter 13. I'm just going to read one verse from that part of the scripture. And as you're turning there, or as you're lifting your head to the screen, whichever one is, is easier, uh, our pastor and pastor's wife, we have an incredible... Uh, we are so gifted to have the the people that we have leading us, leading this congregation, and I think that we should just give a hand clap uh, to, to these people for their incredible leadership towards us. It is such a gift. And the Bible says, now we're reading Joshua chapter 13, now Joshua was old and well advanced in years. Anybody ever feel old? And sometimes when I get out of the bed, I, I, I think that this verse is talking to me. The Lord said to him, you are old and advanced in years. God kind of, God doesn't hide anything. God, God just kind of keeps it plain for us. <laughs> if you're old, you know how some people, they've been 25 for the last 25 years. No, 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 God is saying, Joshua, you're old and advanced in years, but. Very much of the land still remains to be possessed. Says Joshua, I know that you've been through a lot. Says Joshua, I know that you've been through a lot of battles. Joshua, I know that you have a lot of scars, but this isn't the end for you. There is still work to be done. And today I want to speak about the promise keeper today, the promise keeper. Can we lay down our Bibles or your iPads? And I want us to close our eyes and to lift up our hands. And if you expect God to do anything, lift up your voice and to agree with this congregation. Lord, we desire that you would have, we desire that you would have your will in this place. Lord God, we are not, God, we are not content with just another ordinary service. God, we are not content to just go through the motions. We are looking, we are dependent on a move of your spirit. God, something supernatural, something that would transform us. God, something that would speak, God, something that would not allow us to leave this place in the same way, God. God, we believe you for the miraculous. We believe you for this true. We believe you, God, for grace. So signs and wonders in this place today. God, we lift you up and we thank you in advance. Somebody lift up your voice and begin to thank him. Begin to thank him for what he's going to do. God, we honor you in this place. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory to you, Jesus. Glory to your name. Amen. Before you see people and tell them God is a promise keeper. God is a promise keeper. Amen. And after you find your two people, don't cheat. Don't cheat, people, and then you can be seated. Come to this part of the scripture. We're coming to a close of the book of Joshua. And Joshua here, he is old, just as we said, but... Like Moses, he's able to kind of sense that things are, are winding down for him. And uh, he, he knows that, that his time on earth is about to be up. And so he calls two meetings for Israel in the second half of the book of Joshua. 
And it's pretty much him of where they have been and is really kind of asking them not to mess things up. It's kind of like the conversations that parents have with their kids. Maybe you're a parent now and you're having this conversation. Or maybe you were the kid that your parent had to have this conversation with you a lot where, hey, listen, we're about to go into this grocery store. <laughs> listen, don't you embarrass me like you embarrassed me the last time. Anybody, did your parent ever had that conversation with you? I need to know that I'm not alone. <laughs> okay. Anybody having that conversation right now with your kids? Don't raise, don't raise your hand. <laughs> but he's kind of having that parent-to-kid conversation where it's like, listen, my time on earth is up. You need to act right while I'm not here. And, and he's reminding them uh, of everything that they have. What Joshua was trying to communicate is that for them, that it would have been a shame for them to turn, have turned away from what he was doing. It would have been a shame to see all of that go to waste. He wasn't really speaking from a place of fear, but rather from a place uh, of history, of remembering, uh, uh, of gratitude. Uh, remember that only Joshua and Caleb were there to see the deliverance from anybody that was a child of Israel. Now they had not known what it was like to be a slave. They did not know what it was like to be in bondage. They did not know what it was like to have the taskmasters. But Joshua and Caleb, they remembered. And he knew the danger that they would face if they forgot about God. And so he was imploring them to remember all of these things. He was the only one along with Caleb to see the Red Sea and the provision of the wilderness. He has seen how his people could receive grace and never experience the fullness of grace. He had seen it happen. It's almost as if I were to give you a gift and I need uh, I need car key. Anybody have car keys with them? Anybody have car keys? I, I need I need somebody to help. You guys are helping me preach today. Nobody has car keys. Nobody drove here. Amen. Amen. Toss your, toss your keys up here. Please don't hit Karina in the head. <laughs> Amen. Teamwork. Teamwork. All right. Are we driving here? We got this nice uh, Toyota. And I don't know. What kind of car is it? What kind of car is this? Anybody? Uh, a Toyota Sienna. Okay. Uh, I were to come up to, to Brother Ron and say, Brother Ron, I just got you this incredible gift. I got you this <laughs> Toyota Sienna uh, that I just stole uh, from the Revere's. But I got this gift for you, uh, Brother Ron, and just because I care about you and I appreciate you. And you didn't do anything special. It's not your birthday. You didn't do it. You didn't mow my lawn or anything. I, ju- I just want you to have that okay. and because, I, because I appreciate you. And it was as if I gave this brand new car that I, that I stole um, <laughs> to, to Brother Ron. It's as if I, I gave him those keys, and and he were to say, you know what, I I, I like the gift that that Chris gave me, but I don't think that I'm gonna I'm not gonna drive it, you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take care of it. I'm just gonna I'm gonna wait until Chris checks in on the gift and fill it up with gas, and he's gonna he's gonna wash it, and he's gonna make sure that I get to where I need to go. It, it was as if a brand new gift, but he decided. I'm just going to hold on to it. I'm not going to do uh, anything. I, I'm not going to do anything. Uh, there's the keys back. Can you pass that back to me? It, it, it was as if Joshua had seen how the people had had received this 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 car of grace, this vehicle of grace that would get them to where they needed to go. But they decided just to keep it in the driveway. 
they decided to just keep it in the garage. He, he had seen of receiving a blessing, not knowing what to do with it. That he knew that they didn't deserve to be delivered, but, 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 but dad was around to deliver them, to get them out, out of the jam. He had seen how God had given them the law as a gift, but they had turned it into something uh, something could no longer recognize. It was the foundation. Grace was the foundation of the law, but they couldn't see what God was doing. Grace was the foundation to see what God was building because they were so busy looking at other people's blueprints. They were, they were so busy looking at what other people had that, that they could not recognize what was in front of them. They were delivered from Israel. Anybody remember their response to Moses? He says, says to starve, to die, it would, be, it would be better. They had been, been delivered from slavery. <laughs> slavery. They had been delivered and said it would be better for us because we knew where our next meal was coming from. They did not want to depend on God. They did not want to depend on God. They had no peace. They were anxious. The Bible tells us not to be anxious for anything. Our hearts and minds. Notice it says that the peace of God will guard our hearts and minds for us. Peace is not just this, oh, I'm peaceful and I'm sitting here and nothing nothing is wrong in my life and God has worked everything out and and, 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 and be a person that you see in the movies. Or I'm just smiling. All, uh, that, that's, my, that's, not the, that's not peace. God knows that you go through stuff. God knows anybody, did anybody think that when you became a Christian that everything was just going to be perfect? <laughs> and it, man, I said, God, just make it like this. Lord, help me out. But peace is active. It tells us that the peace of God will, will guard our hearts and minds. It tells us that, that that peace will literally fight our back. Can I tell somebody, if you have been feeling weary, if you have been feeling broken down, if you have been feeling like you don't have any fight, let me tell you, it's because you're not supposed to be fighting these battles on your own. Peace is supposed to be fighting for you. Well, you need to begin to pray this week. God, I need your peace this week. God, I need your strength this week. God, I need you. I cannot fight this battle on my strength to win the battle. That's why you're losing. You were never meant to fight the battle. God was supposed to go before you. Let God go before you. God has God has the power. God has the miracle that you need. Hallelujah. 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 Let me tell you this. As Joshua was, was recounting the stories, it's so important things for you. And we are very quick to forget. I know much for me, and I, and I will forget to thank God for what I've been praying, what I was crying about, what I was, God, please help me, God, I don't know what I'm going to do. You, you know the kind of prayer, and, you, and you're up in the altar extra long, and, and you're hoping, well, maybe pastor is, because, you know, if pastor prays for me, it's going to work out. You know, you just kind of get those things. It's, and, but then God does it, and it's like, cool. <laughs> Let me keep on moving <laughs> until we get to the next week, and then there's something else that we kind of need, and, and it's, oh, God. And then, and then we get ourselves into more trouble. See, it's so important that we pause after each victory. And, and it's such a discipline that we have got to pause after each victory and blessing. We have to have the mentality of Samuel's mother. Samuel, uh, his mother's name, we know the story in the Bible. She wanted a son. And, and, and she, because so much, so much of your identity was wrapped up in your ability to have children, and especially your ability to have a son, and she was not able to have children, and so she was so devastated. And she says, Lord, please give me a child unless I die. And, and, and she felt that the Lord was going to give her the son. And so her prayer was, Lord, to me, I will give him back to you. 
Now, that's the type of prayer that God is looking for. That's the type of prayer that God is looking for. Because, because so many of our prayers are, God, I need, I need, I want, I want. And we wonder why God doesn't respond to us. We wonder why God doesn't give it to us. It's because God knows that we are just like the children of Israel. Man, it's so easy to judge them in the Bible. It's like, man, the Red Sea parted. You had, you had quail coming down. You had manna from heaven. How could you walk away from God after God has done all of these incredible? We are worse than the children of Israel because God does more for us than he does for them. It, it, God told them, if you read, read the scripture, before they were going into the promised land, he says, listen, I'm going to, you know, this is, this is what's going to happen. There's enemies in the land. There's things you're going to figure out. There's battles that you're going to have to fight. But I'm going to take out the, the enemy for you little by little because I'm going to do this. And God is telling them about all of these incredible things he's going to do for them. But notice that after God says you're going to have the victory, he says, then you have to watch out. He didn't say watch out for the giants. He didn't say watch out for the, he, God wasn't concerned about that because God knew that he would take care of saying after you have received the land, after you have received the blessing, after you have received the promise, then God told the Israelites to be careful because God knew that he could, that he could, that he could shut the mouth of a lion, that he could defeat a giant, that God, God, God could part the Red Sea, but that he couldn't change our hearts. He, he, he could, he says, so you've got to be careful with this. And we've got to pause after the victories that we have because, the, and we've got to have that, that prayer of Samuel's mother where Lord, give me this, not just so that I could have more, but God, give me this so I can sow it back into your kingdom. Where it's, if, if, if you're needing a blessing, if you're needing a financial miracle, and I know so many of us are, it's not just, Lord, not, not just, Lord, give me this because I need more because I want to feel more secure. But, God, if you give me the $1,000 that I need that I'm sure you give it to me and you tell me to give it to somebody else in the church, God, I'm going to trust in you because you are not a man that you should lie. And you have never leave, left the righteous forsaken nor his seed yeah. bread. And so, God, if you put something into my hands, I'm not going to close my hand to receive it. But, God, I'm going to give my hand open because you give and you take away. And, God, if you need to take away to somebody else, I'm going to trust you that you're going to give me something better because that is the type of God that God is a multiplier. Oh God, I thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God gives you grace, not just so that you can receive grace, but so that you can give grace. So that you can, God doesn't want to just give you peace so that you can be peaceful, but so that you can give peace to somebody else. We speak about the fruit of the spirit, peace, long suffering, good. Uh, the, the fruit of the spirit was not meant to just stay with you. My goodness, the tree cannot taste its own fruit. The, uh, the, 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 the fruit is for other people. Peace is for other people. The goodness is for other people. The grace is for other people. The mercy is for other people. Stop asking God for forgiveness forgiveness and holding bitterness in your heart. You give it to other people before you can receive it. Stop asking you loved and you will not give love to other people. You've got to ask God to give so that you can give yourself. God wants you to give. This brings me to my first point. The first point that grace is found in gratitude. Grace is found in gratitude. Gratitude is a discipline. 
gratitude is a dis. We are not naturally grateful. We are not naturally grateful. He starts off, Joshua starts off chapter 23, and he's reminding them of some of their more immediate victories, the, the victorful who are now there that they could remember uh, over the last 10 years or so. And the context is now that God has given them rest. And Joshua is saying, you can't forget how we got here. If you learn to say thank you to God, and not just anybody ever try to fool God with your prayer. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 it doesn't make sense, but I've tried it a bunch of times. It's like, you know, try to put the thought in the back of my mind where God can't. Lord, I need this, and I'm trying to get to the gift, and I'm putting it back here. But, God, I'm going to say thank you, and I need you, and, and I'm going to say the right words. I'm going to quote scripture to you, God, so that I go him off, and then I'm going to the gift. Because, man, we try all types of things. I, I do that. I'm not, I'm not embarrassed to let you know. I, I try to confuse God, and I try to you know, you know, slide a hand with God, but it doesn't work. But we keep on trying it anyway. But let me tell you that gratitude is a dis- if we learn to really mean it when we say thank you, we can learn to be thankful for the small things, uh, put the put the larger things in our hands because he knows that he can trust us with it. When you begin to build gratitude between yourself and God, you will begin to build trust between God that he can place more things in your hands because he can trust you to be grateful. He can trust you the outcome. God knows that he can give you the grace. Grace isn't just a salvation. Help you to not want sin. It's not just about getting to heaven, but it's about the journey on the way there. And Psalm 119 in verse 11, Psalm 119 in verse 11, David was, was singing the song to God. He says, your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. I don't believe that David was just simply speaking about in scripture. Hide your word, God. If I hide your promises, it's going to do something inside of me. I believe that David was saying, God, I am ingesting more of the word. And the outcome of my in- ingestion of the word, my taking in of the word, my hiding of the word is that I am sinning less. Uh, I am finding that my that my changing. When you begin to eat the word, uh, I believe that Job said that, that your words uh, were found and I did eat them. And, uh, he said that, that I ate the words of God and that I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Because when you begin to take in the word of God, it will change your appetite for worldly things. It will change your appetite for worldly things. Let me tell you, if you are struggling with sin, if you are struggling with your, if you are struggling of the flesh, that's okay. I'm not here to judge you. I'm just here to tell you, get more of the word in your life. Get more of the word. It will change your appetite. It will change your thoughts. And you will begin to win battles that, that your father couldn't win. You will have generational curses. Get the word of God inside of your heart, and it will transform you. That's why Moses and Joshua would read the law in front of the people, because if they could get the word, the commandments, the curses, the promises and the blessings, then they would begin to recognize more of who God was. God gives us grace for a purpose. The word of God is a grace. The Bible, God did not have to give us the Bible. God did not have to give us the Bible. I know and it can sound, this is confusing, and, 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 and there's so much. Let me tell you, that is a grace that God has given. If you will open it up, God will open your understanding. And get into the word. It will transform your life. God gives it to you for a purpose. For a purpose. 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 10. 
1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 10, it says, As every man has received a gift, even to serve one another with it, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. This is simply saying that if you have been given a gift by God, God is expecting you to be a good steward with the gift that he has given you. With the gift that he has given you. Just as finances, time, and the things are resources, God, that God wants us to be God wants us to know this as well, that grace is a resource. Grace is a resource. That's my second. When God gives you grace, it is similar to when Jesus was speaking about the parable of the talent. God gives you the grace. God gives you grace so that you can give grace. And not only does God give you grace so that you can give grace, but God gives you grace with the expectation that you will multiply the grace that he has given you. Yeah. Uh, with the expectation that when somebody gets you upset, anybody ever been made upset before? <laughs> Did somebody make you upset on the way to church? Don't raise your hand because I don't want to get anybody in trouble. We're going to have to have a cup uh, at the end of service. Uh, God gave you the grace so that when your boss appreciate you again. God gave you grace so that when your kids are acting up again. God gave you grace so that when your friend doesn't pay you back, Again, hey, this is some real life stuff. <laughs> you guys thought I was, I don't know what you guys thought I was here to, I'm here to preach real life. Because <laughs> I've had that happen and I needed the grace of God. God gives you grace so that with the, ex- that in those situations that you will not become, uh, you'll have, a, you'll, you'll get upset in the moment. It's natural. God, God knows, God knows. But, but God gives you the grace with the expectation not that you'll act out in anger, not that you'll act out, uh, that you'll become depressed by the situation, and not so that you'll become sad again or, or, or you'll flip out again or you'll cut this person off uh, again. God gives you the grace with the expectation that you will, put, that you will give the grace who needs it. If somebody has offended you, they need grace. If somebody has hurt you, they need grace. God has given you grace, so give it to them. Do not be selfish with the grace that God has given you. Give it to the person who has offended you. You need to forgive somebody before the end of this service. You, you, you need to you need to call somebody at the end of this service. I, I hope to God that anybody that has offended you, that you will take the time to call them and say, you don't have to say anything. I forgive you. I forgive you. I let it go. God has given me freedom. Grace is a resource. Grace Grace will free you. Grace will break the chains that are on your life. Grace will break addiction. Grace will break fear. Grace will break anger. God has given it to you as a resource. God has given it to you as a resource. And he does not give you grace or gifts so that we can begin to compare resumes. How many times have you heard about somebody else getting blessed? And you're saying, God, but God, they've only shown up to church once in the last three months. God, I've been, I have perfect attendance. God, I got a gold star. <laughs> How many times has it, oh, somebody posted on Facebook, God, God just blessed me with this brand new car. Somebody just came out of the woodworks and I didn't even know when I ran. And I'm like, man, you didn't even, you were asleep in Bible college, bro. <laughs> God, what was the point of me going to class if this person, I mean, this is real. <laughs> it's like, God, what, God, did you, is my GPS? God, I can turn on, find my iPhone, see you can find me. God, God, I have cash app. I have, oh, God, send it somehow. God, has anybody ever compared resumes? It's like, 
and help. God, this doesn't make any sense. But but God is wanting to mature us in our ability to rejoice. Because not only does God want to mature you in your ability to be grateful when he blesses you, but God wants you to mature to the point where you can be grateful, truly grateful for the blessings that he gives to other people. Can you begin to thank God on somebody else's behalf? Can you rejoice as excited as you would get about the new car? Can you rejoice for that other person about this? Can you get excited? Can you be excited about their kids? Can you begin to thank God for somebody else's miracle? What would happen in the Lighthouse Tabernacle if we began to thank God for other people's blessings? Every time that somebody places a stone in that back wall, can you begin to lift up your voice could you begin to run could you begin to shout could you begin to begin to dance what would happen in lighthouse if we began to worship for other people's miracles my goodness what would happen if we began to give god thanks had not even seen in the next chapter, he begins, Joshua begins to speak to them about old miracles, about things that they hadn't seen, about the Red Sea, it's recent Egypt. They hadn't seen it, but he was trying to teach them to be grateful for not only not only how they got themselves to where the God had gotten them, uh, gotten them to this point for the victories of their forefathers. I'm thanking God today for the victories that he has given my pastor and pastors. Why I would not be here today. I would not be here today. I, I was ready to quit ministry. I was I was ready to walk away, but I'm so thankful that God had given somebody victory so that they could speak into my life, so that they could encourage me, so that they could help me. Thank God for the you don't even see. Moving quickly. I want to bring up to my my third point. The God who gives grace will keep his promises. Daniel chapter 10 today, this morning to my sermon. Daniel chapter 10 and verse 1, it that in the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a thing was revealed unto Daniel, whose name was called Belteshazzar. And hear this, pay attention to this part. And the thing was true, but the time was long. So something was revealed to Daniel. And the Bible says that the thing was true, but the time appointed was long. And Daniel's reaction was frustration. He was sick to his stomach because, because there was a gap between the revelation and the miracle. And that will that makes us so frustrated. I have been so sick to my stomach at times where it's God. I know I'm supposed to do this, or God, I know you're going to do this. God, I know you do not lie. A difference in three years. God, I have not seen a difference in three months. God, what I've been praying the same prayer, but God, nothing seems to be changing and trading because the thing is true, but the time appointed is long. And sometimes we find ourselves. I wish you didn't even speak to me. I wish I didn't even know about. I had just given up hope. God, what is happening? And Daniel was fasting and praying for weeks, and he heard no response from God. He decided to step up his prayer life. 
to step up your spiritual life, to, to read the Bible more, to go to church more, to, 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 to pray. But nothing had changed from the moment that he prayed. He just knew that that was the worst part <laughs> because he did not know when. And later on in the chapter, uh, we read <laughs> that something happened to Dan counter later on in the chapter of the Lord appears to Daniel. <laughs> My goodness, there's a, there's a revelation that God wants, to ha- wants us to have today. There's something that God wants us to understand today. And later on in the chapter, if we could skip, skip ahead, it says this, And behold, a hand touched me, which set me upon my knees and upon the palms of my hands. Oh, he was praying, a hand touched him, and he said, Oh, Daniel, a man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak unto you. Can I remind somebody today that I know you've been praying, and I know you've been frustrated, but you are greatly beloved by the apple of his eye, and he cares for you. He reminded, the angel of the Lord reminded him, Daniel, greatly hear the words that I speak to you, and stand upright, for unto you I am now sent. And when he had spoken this word to me, I stood trembling. And he says this, Then he said to me, fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before God, thy words were heard, and I am covered. Can I tell somebody today the help of the Holy Ghost that God has heard your words? You've been praying for your family. God has heard your word. You've been praying for a miracle. God has heard your words, and he has sent messenger so that you know that he is faithful. God has heard you today. Oh, God has heard you. Lift up your hands all across this sanctuary. God has heard you praying for, and you have given up hope that heard you, that God would respond, that God would perform the miracle. God has heard your voice. God has heard your voice. God has heard your prayer. God has not forgotten you. God has not forgotten. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Here's what God wants for us. Why don't we stand all across this room? God wants us to go from this. God wants us to go from knowing that he is a promise keeper to us keepers promise of God. We know that God keeps his promises. We know that God, we know these things, we've heard these things. We, we, we believe them, but the first comes when it's like, man, I don't know how long I can hold on to this word. I don't know how long I can keep praying this prayer. I don't know how long I can keep on believing God for this. Maybe I shouldn't have prayed that prayer. Maybe it was selfish of me to for this for myself, but the word of the Lord for us today is to go from believing that he is a promise to you becoming the one that keeps his promises. 
God has not forgotten you. God has not forgotten you. If you're ready to make that statement today, that God, I am going to keep your promises. God, there are some promises that I have let go. There are some promises that I have that, that I have for, tried to forget about. If you are saying today, God, I, I'm standing here to say that I'm going to begin your promises, that I'm not going to give up on you anymore. Can you step out of your seat? You're seated into this altar. We should begin to pray together. God, I am keeping your promises. God, I know what you have promised for this church. God, we're keeping the promise. We're not giving up. God, I know what you promised. I'm not giving up. God, I'm keeping that promise. I'm, I'm holding God, I know it's been a long time, but God, I know that you heard me. I know that you heard me, God. You're sending something. I can't see it yet, but God, I believe you. All across this sanctuary, even if seen, lift up your hands. Lift up your hands as a sign of surrender to God.